Today is May 18th, 2020. Coronavirus testing capabilities have outpaced those being administered the test in multiple states. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo takes the COVID-19 test live on television. As a direct impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, Harvard Medical School is employing a new remote way of teaching. Almost 100 countries are backing a resolution at the upcoming World Health Assembly calling for an independent inquiry into China's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. In Qatar, those who do not wear masks in public face up to three years in prison and fines. And if successful, a coronavirus vaccine may be available by September for 30 million Britons. This is C19 Daily. I'm Frank Schultz. And I'm Karen Romano. Karen, as we're looking, uh, we've been talking about testing, testing, testing over and over again, and now we have um, more tests than we have people taking tests. Yeah, so this is... Oh, go ahead. We're got, we've gotten there, but we're not quite, you know, I need to get people to step up and take the test. Yeah, I was, I was so excited about the testing that I cut you off. Sorry about that. That's yeah, <laughs> all good. Yeah, so this is in some states where they finally were able to get the capacity up to where it needs to be or closer to where it needs to be, but people aren't showing up to take the tests. Now they're trying to figure out why aren't people showing up to take these tests. Testing is supposed to be very important so we can control the spread of the disease, but we have some states, they're just they're just not showing up. So they're trying to figure that out. Um, Utah's called out as one of the states where this is you know, a problem. And uh, there's several others where, yeah. And they put billboards up in Utah saying get tested for COVID-19. But I have to say, you know, the flip side of this is they keep, uh, in my mind, we keep hearing there's not enough tests, you know, and people going to get tests and they can't get them or they're turned away or, um, you know, certain things like that. So now we have to, you know, change the mindset and say, it's time, go in and get a test if you need one, at least in the states that have the capability. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some people I think are afraid to take the test. It, it um, you know, They've heard horror stories around um, the nasal administration of it and, and things like that. Uh, they're also saying certain communities uh, in this article, they call out um, the African-American community in Philadelphia, which is close to where we live. Um, they, they seem a lack, a lack of trust as far as the tests go. go. So they don't know for sure, trying to figure out why maybe people aren't showing up in different states. And I'm sure they're gonna to continue to push for people to come out and get tested so we know who has it, who doesn't, and control the spread. Absolutely, and uh, our, uh, our neighboring state governor Cuomo in New York had a, uh, a test administered live on TV during his, uh, his daily briefings. I know, you know, even though we don't live in New York, my wife likes to listen to uh, Governor Cuomo give his very, I think, open and frank um, daily briefing that he does. But, um, you know, she didn't tell me that he got swallowed live on TV until I saw the article today. Yeah, I, and this was exactly related to the last article. He's trying to encourage people to get out there and get testing. And he wanted to show that it's, it's not as bad as what people are saying. It's no big deal. So he did the test live right there on, on TV. I do have to say, looking at this Forbes article, there's a picture of him being tested on the left side of my screen, and the right side is a giant ad that says, stay home and save lives. So, Hmm. you know, there needs to be an asterisk maybe at the bottom of that that says, unless you're going out for a test, in which case we encourage you to go get tested. There you go. So maybe a little, uh, a little flip side on that. But, um, you know, when we look at this, you know, I think we keep talking about the fall and what's going to happen for universities. And when we look at, you know, 
different different ways of even teaching. You know, Harvard Medical School is looking at remote working and remote teaching, which is kind of interesting. Exactly. So you know, so we've talked about especially like the more the elementary and high school types of kid, you know, kids at, at that age, and what is it going to look like when they return to school and they're doing remote, remote learning? But for Harvard Medical School, you're teaching future doctors, and it's mm-hmm. important to make sure that they actually are learning what they need to learn um, in the best way they can remotely. So, so one of the big things, as you can imagine, as a doctor is per, like uh, doctor to patient interaction. Right, you need to see the patient, understand the symptoms, see those symptoms, and a lot of times it's a hands-on type of thing. But you can't do that right now when you're remote. So this article talks about how Harvard Medical School acted very quickly to come up with new novel ways of teaching their students. And one of the things they're really focusing on, which is timely for now, is telemedicine hmm. and, and how you can diagnose people via telemedicine. So it's really just some, you know, the, the school being very innovative in how they're trying to teach their students and focusing in on telemedicine. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Honestly, you got to keep, keep things going and figure out a creative way to do it. And I think people Um, who've never done telemedicine before are now like, you know, that actually is an option. I don't want to go to the doctor's office or I'm afraid to go to, and and they shouldn't be afraid. We've talked about that too, to go if they're having serious symptoms to go to the hospital, but this is telemedicine is being encouraged for minor things. Right? I'm not feeling so great or, hey, I think I might have pink eye, things like that, where they're a little bit mi- more you know, minor and you can do telemedicine now. It's an option. It's business continuity for medicine. You know, at the end of the day, I keep saying the only way to handle this, this pandemic really and, and address it is business continuity, you know, and whether people know they're practicing it or not. Um, it's, been, it's been interesting. And, and uh, you know, looking at the next article, China is trying to, I think, move forward or avoid, you know, as it says, fallout. But uh, 100 countries have joined together to back a resolution at the World Health Assembly. They ultimately want, you know, more of an inquiry into the source of the pandemic. Um, and it's always interesting. I, I laugh, I read this article. Any, any article that can start off connecting Vladimir Putin with Xi Jinping um, together, you know, or making comments, it's always interesting to me. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, they're looking at trying to do a deeper dive and investigating into what really happened. Right. Start this and, it, what, and them kind what the of, impact maybe, was, right? Maybe holding China accountable in some way if they are, in fact, shown to have known more than they knew and didn't take the right action. So this is the World Health Assembly not to be confused with the World Health Organization. World Health Organization, correct. <laughs> and there's about 100 countries, right, backing a resolution um, calling for an independent inquiry into the coronavirus pandemic. So countries are coming together and they want to know what happened because we need to learn. We need to learn from what happened. We, we can't have it happen again. Lessons learned. See, I, I pulled the, that in from uh, Business Continuity. <laughs> and the World Health Assembly is an annual meeting of the World Health Organization now. So it is part of the World, the World Health Organization. Um, okay. Yeah. So I remember we were very careful to say World Health Assembly, but it's their, it's their meeting. Um, so basically they want to kind of push the investigation here and find out, um, you know, what's going to happen. And I think there's also a question whether Taiwan will be allowed to join the WHA meeting or not. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely interesting. We'll see how that, what happens there, but I'll tell you what, um, wearing your face mask, you definitely want to make sure you have it on if you're in Qatar right now. 
um, because the penalties are pretty strict there, but they also have one of the highest infection rates of coronavirus. Um, what happens if you don't have a mask, Karen? It's probably not good, right? Well, I wouldn't want to get caught without a mask there. So you can face up to three years in prison. I, I don't want to go to jail for three years. Um, so that's one of the things that they're, they're looking to do is you could face that prison time. Uh, there's also a possibility for fines up to $55,000. So they're taking wow. it seriously and they have serious consequences. If you're not wearing your mask, I guess a lot of people aren't complying at this point. And um, their percentage of population who is infected, which is what 1.1% you said? Yeah. Right. Um, is even though it's not real high, it's high for their population and they don't want to see it continue to spread. Exactly. And if you look at neighboring countries, um, basically in Chad, 15 days in prison, Morocco, three months and up to the equivalent of $130 US. Um, it's kind of crazy. Saudi Arabia, around the clock, nationwide curfew. So, you know, I think. People are really seeing the impact of this. And, and the flip side is we're, we open things back up. And, and uh, I left my neighbor, showed a picture of everyone at the, at the shore in New Jersey uh, next to each other. But we hear firsthand from some of our team that people were standing farther apart than maybe the camera showed. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks as we start to ease the lockdown here. Um, and I know, you know, Texas had a spike, but then it's kind of come down. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, especially um, these, these easing of restrictions, right? Exactly. You know, Florida opened up. Georgia's been open for a while. Um, we'll see. See what happens. But, you know, good news. Last article today. You always like to end with good news. I'll let you roll this one out, Karen. Cause... <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I love being positive. So this article is around the possibility, if it's successful in clinical trials, um, by September, that Britons, about 30 million Britons, could be, could be eligible to receive a coronavirus vaccine. So um, the person who talked about this in the article is the business secretary, um, Aloik Sharma. Sharma? Do you think I said that right? Aloik Sharma? So um, basically, they're saying there's some hope with this possible vaccine and that it could be available as early as September, which is great for them. What, what I don't understand is um, the process that has to go through in Britain as far as getting approved. So I'm more familiar with the FDA and what we have to do in the US. Um, I think it would be very positive if people can start to get vaccinated. And I guess the next step, if it is successful, that I'm sure the FDA would wanna get involved so we can see if it can get approved here in the US. So anywhere we can find a successful vaccine is great and you know, it can just help everyone else. So, yeah, and they said AstraZeneca is poised to help manufacture these doses, 30 million for the UK and then 100 million globally if uh, the testing works. So everyone's in a race right now, right, to get a, get the coronavirus well, out. Well, the thing is, is like with the, getting this approved across different countries, you know, every country is a little bit different. I would, I would guess we're going to see some very, ex, um, they're going to want to expedite the approval mm -hmm. in a safe way. Still takes time, though, right? Still takes time. Still takes time. Yeah. It still takes time. That's part of why, you know, I, I, I look in you know, a month and a half, Germany was doing mass antibody testing. And I said to my wife, where's the antibody testing here? You know, what's yeah. going on? It's not FDA approved. And it wasn't accurate. So who knows? Who knows? 
Oh, we'll keep our fingers crossed us. for this one. The, more, the closer we get to a vaccine, the better. And exactly. Exactly. We'll continue to see these stories in the news as we progress through this in the next, in the coming weeks and I hate to say this, months looking for this vaccine. Yep. It's going to be a stretch. It's going to be a, a stretch of time. Um, but that's it for us today, Karen. Thanks for uh, joining me as always. Of course. And, uh, just want to let everybody know what we're going to do um, after today. We're going to take the C19 daily and make it a little less daily, uh, but still focused on COVID-19. So we're going to actually uh, take the podcast and continue to do updated briefings on our website for C19 Daily for the news briefings. But the podcast is going to be a little more intermittent than daily. So if you do have any interest and you're listening to this and coming on as a guest, or you do have something that you'd like us to take a look at, definitely email us, COVID19 at infiniteblue.com or reach out on social media. Um, but we're going to actually probably come back for large movements or changes or progressions that happen. Um, also, we'll bring back uh, the show for special guests as well. Um, so stay tuned, stay subscribed, whatever, however you get your podcasts, uh, stay subscribed to our channel. You'll see some new stories going out after today, um, but you won't get your daily updates after today. So it's been fun doing the daily updates, Karen. But, yes, uh, it has. I look forward to, uh, to the, the shows we do in the future too, though. Yep, we'll have a few more on for sure. I know there's interest, so we'll have a few back. Definitely. Awesome. Well, that's it for us today. That's it for C19 Daily. I'm Frank Schultz. And I'm Karen Romano. Stay safe. <laughs>